Happy, happy hour, everyone. My name is Chewy Altamirado, and this is Five Questions and a Beer, the podcast where each week I get to sit down with a different person, crack open a cold one, and then I ask them five questions in hopes that by the end of the episode, I get to know them just a little bit more. And today I have the absolute pleasure of sitting with my dear friend, Alexandra Larios. Alexandra, how are you? Thank you, Chewy. Thank you so much for sitting with me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. Fun fact, from the inception of this podcast, you were number one on my list to sit down with because oh. you are one of my favorite people to sit down with, have a beer, and just ask each other questions, honestly, which is the premise of this podcast. So you were a no-brainer to have on. I'm honored, Chewy. Thank you. Oh, of course. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks. Just Good. getting you know, done with my, my lobster shift and... Excited to be here on a Sunday night. Uh, a big, gloomy, cozy Sunday. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good one, honestly. Yeah. So for the listeners, I mean, I would just say, I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily, I guess, breaking the fourth wall. I'll do this every single time, but I think it would be fun at least this one time. Alex is a good friend of mine. I met Alex at m- one of mine, if not your favorite pastimes, happy hour. We were regulars at our favorite watering hole, which is how we met. The Beverly. That's how we met a so many dear friends of ours um and so it's very very special that you're sitting with me thank you um those are the, the days of just kind of back then i don't think we were doing narragansett happy hours but i don't know what were we drinking what were you drinking back then it was whatever was the lightest on tap that was always the your Beverly go-to had the great three dollar draft happy hour and it was whatever pilsner or lager was on tap yes but then now your very your go-to happy hour drink is what we were going to be drinking today which is a great segue into the beer that we're drinking today absolutely which is we are drinking a narragansett lager this evening um a little fun facts about it founded in cranston rhode island in 1890 by six german immigrants Narragansett Lager is the first beer brewed at Narragansett Brewery by the original six, which is great. Um, it was through the the website. I am you know taking this information. Um, Narragansett Lager has crossed paths with Dr. Seuss. It was famously crushed by Captain Quint and Jaws, and it was the first alcoholic beverage to partner with a professional sports team, the Boston Red Sox, from 1944 to 1975. Drinking a lager is like drinking New England history. Hi, neighbor. Have a Gansett. Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. The beer of the clam. <laughs> the beer of the clam. And what was the other saying you said when I um, I had mentioned the, it was crushed by Doc, by oh, Captain cr- Quint? Crush it like Quint. Crush it like Quint. And that's what, like exactly Quint. what we're going to be doing today. So uh, without, what's the, what's the saying? Without further ado. Shall we crack open these beers? All right, everyone, we're going to get ready for the crack. Before you drink, Alex, every week we do a toast, and today's toast is health to those we love and wealth to those who love us. Cheers. Cheers, friends. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I love an Narragansett. Another fun fact, my dad famously calls Narragansett's Narragrange. Wow, I've never heard that one. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, he's a bit of a Francophile sometimes, <laughs> although it has absolutely nothing to do with New England and France, but, you know, that's my fun fact. How do you like the beer? Is it yummy as always? Delicious. Mm-hmm. I love an Narragansett. Oh, Ian, I forgot your mic today. 
I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm not speaking again, breaking the fourth wall, but I would have loved to hear how you like the beer too. Anyway, as always, producer Ian is here. Always a pleasure to have him. Um, all right, so let's get into it. As you know, sure. the name of the podcast, Five Questions in a Beer. And so, Alex, I have five questions for you. As That's we great. share this beer together, I would love to hear your opinion on these questions um, and to get your answers. All right, let's start. Question number one. Alex, you, like myself, love a good vacation. I love a good vacation. You work very hard. Thank you. You you know, you go on very traditional vacations. You like to go to New England every year, and you also go to Florida every year. Yes. All that aside, anywhere, you know, take me on the perfect day of vacation from beginning to end. You wake up. Where are you? What are you doing for the day? Where are you getting lunch? Where are you getting dinner? Walk me through the entire day. Wow. So I usually start, I love getting up early, like getting up early on a vacation, especially is my favorite thing, getting a good start to the day. So I'll be up at five o'clock or six at the latest, Beautiful. grab a breakfast DC, breakfast Diet Coke, <laughs> get a, usually if I'm in a beachy place, I'll get a good start to like the beach day, Okay. get as much sun as I can. I always bring a backpack full of books. That's my big thing on vacation. I love a good like beach read. So just having like ample options is my favorite thing. Okay, I'm gonna stop you there. Yes. Walk me through your beach setup. What is like your go-to beach setup? If you're gonna be on a beach, like are you a, a towel person? Are you, uh, do you like to whip out the chair? Do you whip out an umbrella? Like how long are you expecting to be on the beach in the morning, you know? I usually make a day out of it. Okay. I'll probably take a break for lunch, okay. grab a, a lobster roll if I'm in New England. Cheers. But, cheers. Hi neighbor. Hi neighbor. <laughs> but. If, I, um, if I'm on the beach, I'm there for the day. Uh-huh. I have a towel, I have my backpack with my pens and my books, a couple DCs, Diet Cokes, and that's pretty much my setup for the day. Pretty awesome. easy going and simple, but. Okay, and then going into the evening, um, is there a nap involved? No. No nap? No nap. We're rallying through the evening. Yeah. We're getting ready for dinner. Yeah, usually have a, a nice dinner out somewhere. That's nice, that's yeah. nice. Outdoors, if it's nice? Yeah. Yeah, and then being someone who wakes up early, I'm guessing then you're also ending the night early so that you can get ready for the next day as well. Yeah, usually I wind up around eight o'clock, wind down around eight o'clock. That's classic. That's classic. That's a beautiful day on vacation. I'll take it. That's something I need at this moment. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Beautiful answer. All right. Let's go into question number two. Now you mentioned it yourself. You usually always have a bag of books with you on vacation, and and knowing you as a friend too, anytime I do see you out, there's always at least one or two books with you. Um, as you know, for those of you listening at this moment, it may not be this time around, but to give you an insight of where we are right now, it is you know the beginning of December, the year is winding down. I know that you read countless books a year. Is there a book that you've read this year that? sticks out to you the most as kind of like one of the best books you've read this year Ooh. in your opinion what or you could just give question. me like a one two three you know you don't have to like give me if there's a hands down this is the best one i'd love that but if not you know give give me and anybody listening your recommendations i'd love to hear them i currently just read the the year of the horses by courtney mom it's a memoir and i was unfamiliar with this person she's an author and she's written other books, but this was about her life and growing up with horses. And I was a little bit of a horse girl growing up as well, so it touched on a little bit of those things. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, just really personal, and it went through different stages of her life. So it was, it's, was it, a, it was an autobiography? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Where did, where did it take place? Mostly in uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. New England. Very yeah. horse country. Absolutely. Any other ones that stick out on to, uh, stick out that were good books, good book reads this year? I'm currently reading a book about Levon Helm in the okay. Midnight Rambles, Rock, Ooh. Roll, and Ramble. Levon Helm was a, a very big part of my Hudson Valley upbringing, just going to the Midnight Rambles. So it, I'm enjoying reading that and revisiting that part of my life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Probably so nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah, you can like picture everything that he's writing about. That's a good read. And you're yeah. almost done with that one? Yeah. All right. All right. Put them on the list, Ian. The five questions at a beer book club. I want to make it a thing. I don't know if it's going to be a thing. But if anybody does end up reading any of the books that the people that on the show recommend, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Because these people have some good recs. Alex being number one. All right. Well, thank you very much, Alex. All right. Let's go into question number three. Um, you're a big Simpsons fan. Yes. As much of America is. But I know you to be a very, very big Simpsons fan. You're a big Simpsons historian. You know, you love to collect memorabilia, which is incredible. You have an absolutely incredible collection. Thank you. Now, let's say I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons in my life, which is false. I've seen The Simpsons. I haven't seen a lot of The Simpsons, but I do enjoy The Simpsons. What are three episodes, if you can, that stick out to you would be great episodes for a newbie to watch and to kind of like understand why you should love The Simpsons as much as you do? So if I were to recommend three episodes to a newbie, I would recommend some early classic deep cuts that's what i always go for and like what i love about the simpsons they're sentimental and smart and it has that like deep john swartzwalder humor but they're also just very sweet probably uh lisa's substitute is a great one to start with end of season two blood feud also end of season two and the auto show okay yeah Which one, uh, what's the auto show about again? The auto show is about Homer takes Bart to his first concert. They go to see the Spinal Taps and it just delves into the bus driver, Otto the bus driver, who's also kind of a rock and roll guy, but somehow gets in trouble with Bart and Homer and loses his job and And Simpsons take him in. Uh, Yeah. So wholesome. So beautiful. Oh, producer Ian just showed me a poster from that episode that looks incredible i have that poster in my my house that's awesome yeah what is it so can i see that again it is homer and spinal tap live on the simpsons thursday april 23rd 8 p.m well the simpsons oh well no i'm sorry no no you tell me you probably if you know please do 1992 okay yeah well, so The Simpsons came out. Let me see if I can. Okay, I almost won a Woods a Radio Woodstock competition. Wow! But I got it wrong, I believe. But I knew. Well, okay, I don't even know how the story goes myself. I just remember <laughs> I was sitting in the Walmart parking lot, and the question was, "What talk show or what late night talk show did The Simpsons originally premiere on?" Because The Simpsons historic, well, you know, historically. Yeah. Wasn't it like a short on the Stacey Ullman? The Tracy Tracy Ullman show. show. See, I think that's what happened. I called in and I said Stacey Ullman. And they're like, sorry, you loser. Get off my phone. Oh, no. I know. Never called back. I'm just kidding. Shout out to Radio (laughs) Woodstock. I love them. I listen for a lot of time. Um, But yeah, it was like a short on the Tracy Ullman show. And it looks so different than what it looks like now. It's really evolved. Have you seen those like original shorts as well? Yes. Are they? And it's like still very classic and to the truth of what we're still watching nowadays. Give and take some 
amazing animation uh, yeah. innovation that has come about since 1990. You know, the characters when the series started really came into their own. Yeah. Like you definitely see an evolution of Bart just becoming his own person, as opposed to just this bratty little kid. Yeah, and Elisa's always been a independent, smart woman. Yeah. Yeah, I love The Simpsons. Have you ever met anybody, any of the voice actors from The Simpsons? I went um, years ago. Well, not any of the voice actors. Years ago, I was a volunteer for the Woodstock Comedy Festival, which I think is no longer a thing. But Mike Reese, who was a co-creator and head writer of The Simpsons, was one of the headliners. And he did a whole presentation on The Simpsons, but it was great. Oh, that's awesome. I went with our buddy Mark, and he. Um, we went... I got, uh, I had my old Simpsons Illustrated magazine from 1991 that had a whole layout in the Simpsons writer's room and Mike was kind enough to sign it. Oh, that's so cool. He, was, he really got a kick out of it. So it was fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really cool. Okay. Well, what amazing Simpsons chat. Thank you. Let's get into question number four. Um, what is, well, speaking of, The Simpsons came about, what, I'm guessing 1990, if not 1989 was... 89 was the first 89? full episode, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. Amazing. All right, so then speaking of the 80s, late 80s into early 90s into late 90s, being such a nostalgic person yourself and having an amazing memorabilia connection of not only The Simpsons, but of the time, what is something from the late 80s into the 90s that has been discontinued that you would, if you could snap your fingers and bring back today, you would. So speaking of The Simpsons, I was thinking about this question on my way home from work. I would definitely go with the Butterfinger BBs. Butterfinger BBs? Yeah. Were they one of those like uh, little little pieces of Butterfingers? Yeah, little round Butterfingers, but oh. it was a Simpsons product. Ooh, Bart Simpson had a whole spiel. Yeah, never, but... Never lay a finger or... Don't lay a finger on my butterfinger, but there's another one for the BBs. Pretty soon. He's on the boat. Um, I've actually never even seen those. Maybe it was obviously maybe before my time, which you're not much older than me. I'm not here to age you at all, but maybe before <laughs> my times. Although I'm also yeah. not the biggest butterfinger fan in general, uh, but I do have so many fond memories of those Bart Simpson's butterfinger commercials because they were very, very funny. They were great. They were like butterfinger was synonymous with Bart Simpson for a very long time. Yeah. Up until probably recently, I want to say. If not, like, maybe early 2000s That's, into the yeah. late 2000s. That's a, okay, so now it's a food. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend this answer a little bit. It's, yes. I'm going to put you on the phone. So that was, like, a food that you can bring back. Sure. Is there... Oh, did you find it? Thank you. Is there... Well, I think. Let me think. Is there, like... What was... Is there, like, a toy that you had growing up that if you could snap your fingers and bring back, you mm. could? I don't know if it's a toy... But my favorite thing when I was a kid was my my Walkman. And I don't know if they still make do they still make Walkmans? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure maybe. I maybe. I doubt it. I I doubt it. I mean, there is similar to like the vinyl like phase that we're seeing like, you know, rebirth that we're seeing right now, a lot of companies are also making cassette players. So maybe there is. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they started making them again. But I remember recently like maybe five or six years ago seeing like a story about how like the last company to make VHSs stopped making VHSs I believe oh, so no. it's like I wouldn't be surprised you know I do love a VHS I also love a VHS that's something that I it's on my list of things I would love to have in my apartment although I do not collect VHSs because I know that if I had a VHS player I would 
because I'm already there's too many vinyls in my apartment. To I understand. For. I don't have a, a TV, but I still have my little TV with the VCR built in, which is classic, and I think every good collector should have. Yeah. Do you have one? I want one. I was asking producer again. Anyway, great answers. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. All right, that's going to bring us into our last question. Um, we live in. Kingston, New York, which I remember the last time we recorded this episode, I was thinking to myself if I wanted to say that or not for many reasons, but I've kind of realized that this is just our truth and I'm going to be interviewing a lot of people um, who live in this great city that we all live in. And you live in Kingston and you not only do you live in Kingston, you grew up in Kingston. Um, And so I'm curious as someone who grew up here and who's living here now as an adult independently, obviously, um, what is something special about living in the town you grew up in that maybe people like me who I did not grow up here don't understand um, and what is something that maybe you love about it so much? One thing I like about Kingston is that it's it's kind of ever-changing like I have things from my from my childhood that I still have like I still see you know someone I went to kindergarten with at the grocery store down the street but it's really grown and changed a lot with me like even you know the, some of the biggest things in my life tubbies and rough draft are very new things in Kingston and have become a very big part of my life and I've met a lot of great new friends in the area and it's just this whole you know I have branches I feel like I have branches in a lot of different sections of Kingston Mm -hmm. I feel like different parts of my life are anchored here that's awesome and so it's uh it's nice I mean, in, not in a critical way, because obviously there's a lot of change to the city that even as someone who didn't grow up here, I've seen myself, that may not be the healthiest change. That being said, it is good to see some change, especially when it's, you know, doing good for the community and is offering, you know, bountiful things to the community as well. So I think I, yes. I agree with you. It is nice to see that. I mean, I no longer live in the city that I grew up in, but I'm very fond of where I grew up, which is near Shell, New York. And it is a nice. lot different than... It was when I was a child, but I don't know. It is I, I, a part of me is almost jealous of you to that you you know got to experience and got to see that change overall. I you know I always said that after I graduated college, I'd move right back to Nourishell to kind of do the exact same thing. But then you know life kind of brought me here, which I'm very very grateful for. Yes. Um, but you know, like human or, or you know alive organisms cities also change and they adapt and they get bigger and sometimes they get smaller. Um, and yeah, that's really, really cool. Thank it's the geography of a city. Yes. And do you love it? I'm I sure do love it. Kingston. It's the best. It's, it's home. It's, it's where my heart is. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. All right, Alex. Well, that's our five questions. Thank you. How are you feeling after that? Good. You feeling feel good? good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not so nervous anymore. It's not nervous. It's easy peasy. To- <laughs> Listen, it's we do this all, once a week. Now yeah. we're just microphones in front of us, which yeah. is fine. But, you know. Cool. Okay, well, I asked you five questions, and so I think it's only fair that you get to ask me a question. Right. So, so do you have a question for me? Yeah, so I'm going to bounce off our last question. Okay. As someone who's kind of chosen Kingston as their home, what do you what, what makes Kingston feel like home to you? That's a great question. I love this question. Um, it's probably the time I've spent here um, for a very, very long time. I did not think I was going to be the kind of person who would like pick some place to live and just kind of want to stay. Um, and probably even for like the first five years that I lived in Kingston, every single year I'd be like, yeah, maybe this is going to be my last year. 
maybe this is going to be the year that I moved to the city. Maybe it's going to be the year that I moved to Chicago. Maybe this will be the year that I chose to choose a different city and, you know, and and kind of not be here anymore, which is just kind of the way that my mindset. But then over the past couple of years, that has really, really changed because, I you know, I really got a chance to kind of like sit and look around at, you know, what had I've been lucky enough to be a part of, you know, um, all the amazing people I've been lucky enough to meet, um, all the amazing opportunities I've been lucky enough to have. You know, this is a really kind of a place where my art career really kind of blossomed. Um, you know, I've been painting the manatee for years, even before I lived in Kingston, but moving to Kingston kind of forced me to kind of look at myself and look at my career and what I want to do and start it, you know? So this is wow. in a lot of ways a birthplace of kind of my professional art career. Um, That's great. And yeah. And so what really, I guess what makes it home is that, you know, I think the, the orange manatee is what I paint kind of found its home here and I kind of follow their lead. And then on top of that, um, you know, similar to you, I met so many incredible people. Um, I've made so many incredible memories. You know, it's so nice to be able to walk around the city I live in and look at a corner and remember something that was very, very nice yeah. that happened there or look at a business that may not be there or not, but then remember all the wonderful times that we've had there. Um, and, it, and I'm now in a place where I'm grateful for that and I look forward to making more memories and I want to. So I hope to be here for a very long time um, and I hope to, you know, give back the love that the city has given to me in any which shape that I can do. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess that's my answer. It's beautiful, Chewy. Thank I you so that. much, Alex. I appreciate it. That was a really good question. I, it was nice Thank to you. kind of walk down uh, that memory lane with you in a way too. Because you are one of the first people that I met when, Aww. not when I necessarily moved here, because I, historically when I first moved here, I did not leave my apartment for months at a time. Aww. But when I finally did leave my, when I finally did leave my apartment out of fear and started going happy hour at the Beverly, you were one of the first people that I met. And so Aww. it's nice to have this conversation with you for that well, reason. Thank you. I'm honored. Absolutely. Um, well, that's our, that's our episode. That wasn't that bad, right? Oh, that was great. It was really, really fun. Thank you. Um, well, I would like to say thank you so much, Alex, for sitting with me. Thank you, Chewie. I appreciate it's it. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to get to sit and chat with you, especially to have an Aragansa together. Cheers again. Cheers. Um, as always, I would love to thank my producer, Ian. Ian, uh, you are always a man. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at 5questionsandabeer. Have a question for us? Feel free to shoot us an email at 5questionsandabeer at gmail.com. Five Questions in a Beer is an Orange Manatee production hosted by Chewy Altamirano and produced by Chewy Altamirano and Ian Belfado.